Welcome to today's podcast, where we'll hear from Pastor George T. Garnett III on forgiveness without limits. Amen. I expect a miracle not because I deserve it. I expect a miracle because that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. Amen. And, O God, our Father, as we bask in the beauty of your holiness, our hearts overflow with praise. Lord, we worship you today for being God all by yourself. We are in at the isness of God that we found over and over and over again whatever we need you already are and so God we want to say thank you for even allowing us into your presence we thank you, O oh Lord, for how you provided for us, seen us through dangers, both seen and unseen. And Lord, all we've been trying to do all morning is to show you how grateful we really are. We've lifted up our voices like trumpets, heralding our King crying how majestic thou art. We've lifted up holy hands and we've clapped our hands and we've tried to do everything, oh God, that we could think of to send a text message, a tweet, a smoke signal to heaven just to say much oblige. But now, God, in this moment, we hush our hearts to hear what heaven has to say to us. And Lord, our prayer is bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Feed us till we want no more. And now, God, as your manservant who stands to break the bread of life, Father, I'm asking now that you would fill me afresh with your precious Holy Spirit. Oh, God, that you would anoint me afresh from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. God, I invite you this morning to stand in my body to think with my mind and then speak with my mouth. Pray now as the psalmist prays, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, O Lord, let them be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and we ask it all. The church of God said together, amen. amen. And thank God, amen. I want to invite you this morning to rest on your feet all over the house. Take your copy of God's Word. If you don't have it with you this morning, don't be too shamed. Don't beat yourself up too bad. We got words on the screen. Amen. Amen. And you can follow along with us. I don't want any of y'all to accuse me of making anything up, especially this Sunday. <laughs> I'm glad y'all shouted. 
Repeat these words after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's holy word. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. I believe what it says. I can have what it says. If I do what it says. Because God's word is true. Amen. Hey, Ava. Good to see you this morning. Amen. Amen. Meet me in the 18th chapter of the gospel according to St. Matthew. Matthew, the 18th chapter. And we want to commence our reading there at the 21st verse. I ask your patience this morning because I will be reading an extended passage of scripture. Uh, but after this, you don't have to stand up anymore unless you feel like standing up. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. I'm going to read all the way down through verse 35. Amen. Y'all give me, y'all give me that kind of grace. Amen. Bible says, reading from the King James Version, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Let the church say 10,000 10, talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down, worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. But the same servant went out. Say the same servant. Same servant. He went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what thou owest. His fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. But he would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what it was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou have also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, he was angry, and delivered him unto the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone 
his brother their trespasses. Herein is the reading of the word of God to the people of God. The grass withers, the flower thereof fadeth away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. For the next few moments that I will share together this morning, I want to talk to us from this thought. Forgiveness without limits. Forgiveness without limits. You may reclaim your seats in the presence of God. Forgiveness without limits. No need of y'all sitting there looking at me like you've been chewing on sour lemons because I'm talking about forgiveness. The Lord told me to tell you. You could take it up with him. Forgiveness without limits. My brothers and sisters, it was C.S. Lewis, one of the intellectual giants of the 20th century, who said, and I believe he's correct, that forgiveness is a beautiful word until you have something to forgive. Can I, can I say that one more time? That forgiveness is a beautiful word until you have something to forgive. Brothers and sisters, this matter of forgiveness is a subject that is often proclaimed but rarely practiced. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, I would bet that if I would pass this microphone around this church, everybody here, or just about everybody here, will be able to testify that something has been done, something has been said, something has been left undone by somebody that caused pain in your life, that caused you to suffer unjustly. There was somebody who violated your trust. Somebody who you loved and devoted your, your life to who cheated on you. Something you valued was minimized which which, which caused a, a rift between you and somebody you once called a close friend. Brothers and sisters, I could go on and on with these examples. Uh, but there are offenses like these and many others that have moved many of us who call ourselves born-again believers to hold grudges, to walk around with chips on our shoulders and walk in unforgiveness because we just can't seem to let it go. Am I in the house? In Matthew chapter 18, we find Jesus here teaching his disciples a lesson on, get this, how to treat one another. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? 
Who would have ever thought that Jesus would have to come and tell and teach his church how to treat other church folk? I've said it before that, that the church would be a wonderful place if it were not for the people. As a matter of fact, the world would be a wonderful place if not for the people. Because the people will act the people on you. Um, I, I, wish, I wish that I, I could tell you that the church is the one place that you could go and, and never have to deal with hurt. Never have to deal with offense. But the truth of the matter is this. Offense happens here too. And so the question becomes, what do you do when you've been offended in the church? That, that, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that too. Uh, Jesus begins to answer. He, he says that one of the things that, 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 that we have to do when handling our offenses is we have to handle our offenses privately. Say, say privately. We, we, we don't go off and tell everybody and their mama when we've been offended. Uh, you, you don't have to post on social media so that everybody can know that you have been done dirty. Um, 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 that, 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 that's what the world does. And we're supposed to be different. And catch this. Um, based upon the, the question that Peter asks, he's not talking about multiple offenses by multiple people. Um, Peter is talking about multiple offenses by the same person. But Jesus says, when that happens to you, not if, but when that happens to you, he says to go to them privately. And then, and then if that doesn't work, uh, he says that you need to expand the circle. Uh, you, you can take one or two witnesses. With, don't, don't take no messy folks with you either. Um, 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 take some, some godly and wise people with you. Somebody who doesn't uh, have any skin in the game in choosing one side or, or the other. Somebody who can take both hands and act as an arbiter in between you two. Now, now listen, it's important that, that whenever you go and confront, uh, the goal is not to get them to agree with you. They don't have to agree with you because we all see things from different perspectives. Um, uh, um, they don't have to agree with you. They don't have to see it your way. But if that person acknowledges their offense, then the Bible says that you have won your brother, you have won your sister. Because remember, the goal is not to throw somebody away. It's not 
to throw them under the bus or, or get somebody told. The goal is reconciliation. And if you go to them privately, that doesn't work. If you take one or two witnesses with you and that still does not work, then and only then does it go public. Bible says take it to the church. And brothers and sisters, I, I really need us to lean in and meditate on this process because, because far too often, we put the cart before the horse. Um, 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 we, we're, we're, we're so willing to confront, but we're not willing to forgive. We, we, we don't have a problem telling folks how the cow ate the cabbage. That, that's not our problem. We don't have a problem telling folks where to go and how to get there. Uh, it, 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 was at, it was at this church. I, I, I've, I've heard this. Uh, somebody, one of the seasoned saints said, uh, go to Houston or some other big city. I, I, I like that. That, that, sounds, that sounds nice. <laughs> our, our problem, our problem is not any of that. Our problem is, is that we can't forgive after it's been brought up. And so, and so Jesus now turned the corner and Peter picks it up Peter, by now, knows where Jesus is going with all of this. And he says in verse 21, you heard it, Lord, how often shall my brother, my sister, sin against me and I forgive them? Up to seven times. And you got to you got to give Peter some credit here um, because, because Peter at least wants to forgive. Now, forgiveness, forgiveness is simply the release of an offense. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you forget what the person has done. But it means that you no longer hold it against that person what they have done. So Peter asked the question, not, not about multiple offenses from multiple people. This is multiple offenses from the same person. And I'm, I'm really pressing in on this this morning uh, at the beginning of this year because somebody needs to let something go. Don't, don't, don't bring all of that into 2023. You don't need to carry the same old baggage of offenses into this year. You, you, you've got to get past this and live your life. How, how long are you going to allow people to live rent-free in your head? Life is too short to walk around with grudges and pain and unnecessary frustration. If they offended you, if they hurt you and you're still alive, let it go. Let it go. You survived it. And, and watch, at the end of the day, God knows how to get people back. 
That, that, that's why they say, let go and let God. Uh, the, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And brothers and sisters, if you turn somebody over to the Lord, God knows how to whoop some folks where it hurts. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. But let, let me hurry on. Why, why should we forgive? First of all, as Jesus begins this parable, tells us that we must forgive because God has forgiven us. <clears throat> Is this thing on? We must forgive because God has forgiven us. Peter says, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Peter, Peter, Peter is smart. P Peter went to Bible school. P Peter knows that the, the, the rabbinic teaching of the day uh, and, and what was taught in that day was that you're required to forgive three times. But on the fourth time, all bets are off. And so Peter, he, he's aware of this whole three strikes and you're out business. Uh, and, 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 and so he, he says, uh, uh, I'm going to impress Jesus. Um, I, I'm going to take those three times. I'm going to double it. And then Jesus, I'm going to raise you one. <laughs> Seven times. Is that, is that how many times I should forgive my brother who sinned against me. And, and Jesus says that's, that, that's impressive in your, own, in your own way, Peter. Um, but no, you, you got it wrong. Jesus says not seven times. But 70 times seven. And, and, and to be clear, while y'all are pulling out your calculators and trying to figure out that it's 490, that ain't the point. Jesus wants Peter to know that he sees Peter's heart in this question. He sees both the virtue and the vice that's behind this question. He sees that on the one hand, it's virtuous that Peter, yeah, you, you're willing to forgive. But then I also see the vice. That, that you think that there's a certain number, there's, there's a magic number that folks get to hit it with you before you can write them off. <laughs> well, if that's the case, Peter, if that's the case, St. Emmanuel, then the question must be asked, at what number do you want God to write you off at. <clears throat> Preach anyhow. Is there, is there anybody here? You can hold up your hand. Is there anybody here who, who wants God to have a special number of transgressions 
before he throws you away. Because whatever that number is, <laughs> I can assure you, you surpassed that long time ago. Listen, listen, I, I, I'm so glad this morning that we don't have the kind of God that keeps score with our sins. The Bible says that if God were to regard our iniquity, none of us would be able to stand. And so what is he saying with this 70 times 70? He's saying that I'm giving you a number that you can't even count. And I'm giving you a number that you can't count because my forgiveness is unlimited. Therefore, <laughs> yours has to be unlimited few less amens. Listen, is, is there anybody else besides me who, who's glad that we serve a God who looks past our sins not seven times, but 70 more times and, and then 70 more times after that. Oh, no, come on, don't fool me here. If, if God has kept score on your life, each and every one of us in hell will we have lifted up our eyes this morning. But the reason why we're here this morning is because we have a God who has so much grace that our cup is running over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my <laughs> Somebody ought to shout grace in here. But now, do you know what that means by implication? It means that forgiveness never gives up on anybody. Now, y'all all going to process that in a different way as the Holy Spirit leads and guides. Forgiveness never gives up on anybody. Um, I, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've been doing. The message of Christ, the good news of the gospel is that there's still room at the foot of the cross. We got, we got to get past, past this when we mess up, mercy, 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 but when someone wrongs us, judgment, judgment, judgment. Because the sun could go down and come up again and the shoe will be on the other foot. And so Jesus starts telling this parable. He says, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who had a slave. And his slave owed him 10,000 talents. Quiet in here, y'all don't y'all don't understand what how much ten thousand talents is. But let me break that down for you. One talent is the equivalent of six thousand denarii. That's still not making sense to you because you don't know you don't know what a denarii is. Well, a denarii is equivalent to a day's wage. 
Think about how much you make a day. That's a denarii. Uh, uh, one talent is 6,000 of those daily wages. This man owed the king 10,000 talents. Um, um, this is extreme. This is obscene. This, this is not a personal kind of debt. This is the kind of debt that nations have. You see what Jesus is doing here, don't you? And, and what, what, what Jesus is, is trying to get across to them here is, is that this, this is a debt that nobody can pay. No matter how hard you work, no matter how long you work, no matter how much you get paid, no man can pay this debt. Which means in this parable is that Jesus is telling us what the world won't tell us is that we are worse than we think we are. That that we are in greater debt than what we know. He's trying to tell us, saints, that we are in bad shape with God. And, and no amount of money, no amount of human effort can begin to repay the debt that you and I owe. And so the king says, Pay me my money. Not, not next week. Not tomorrow. Right now. Give me my money. And can you see the servant there? Can, can you hear this servant? I, I, I can't pay you, king. I, I just need some more time. You just give me a little bit more time. King says, lock him up until he can pay it off. But then I just told you that this man owed the king 10,000 talents. <clears throat> 10,000 of 6,000 days of wages. In other words, this man won't live long enough to ever work this off. And so here's what the king says. Take his wife. Bring me his children. Sell his house. Sell his car. Liquidate his 401k. <laughs> Take everything that he has. Throw them all in prison, and they'll be there until they work it off. I would have passed out. I would have fainted. I would have cried. I would have kicked. I would have screamed. Not my cheer-in-law. That's, that's, what's, that's what's happening in this 
text. Have you ever have you ever got some news so bad it just made you fall down to your knees? He's, he's, he's screaming, Lord, be patient with me. I promise I'll pay you back. The Bible says that the king, he felt compassion. He released this man and he forgave his debt. He was relieved of both the penalty and his debt. Not because of his ability to pay back. Because if he lived 10 lifetimes, he, he could not pay this back. So it wasn't because of his ability to earn or to pay back. He, 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 he relieved him of his penalty and his debt because of the compassion of the king. <laughs> Can you imagine the joy, the gratitude that this man must have been feeling? Not, not because he earned it, but because it was given to him. Which says to us that forgiveness is a gift and not a right. Thank you for that smattering of applause. Let me run that back. Forgiveness is a gift not a right. Uh, uh, that, that, when you understand that, you, you, you won't come in, in, in the church and cross your arms and cross your legs and act like God owes you something. Forgiveness is a gift, not a right. The moment we realize that, that God in his great grace has done something for us that we could not do for ourselves. That's, that's when you'll realize how grand and magnificent his grace really is. That's why mother and grandmother and grandfather used to sing about God's amazing grace. <clears throat> and don't you know that what this king did for this man is the same thing that God has done for us? That God came, he sent his son from way up there, way down here. And when he looked at our bill and saw how much we hold in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says that Jesus began to sweat like drops of blood. And he cried out to his father, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Brothers and sisters, he looked at our sin debt, and he took that sin debt to the cross, and he paid it all in his blood. Come on, y'all not being fair this morning. Jesus paid it all. All to him. Our whole sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed me. 
there's snow. If you know, if you know you've been forgiven this morning, you ought to open up your mouth and give God some praise. Don't worry about who's looking at you. They don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. If the Lord has redeemed your soul, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. I got to keep going because I'm getting happy now. Jesus, Jesus then switches the scene from the throne room. He switches the scene from the courtroom. And, and, and now, now we're following this newly forgiven man and his family who is now dead free. We see him now making his way home. And the Bible says that as he's making his way home, he catches in his peripheral old Leroy Jennings. And, and, and Leroy owes this man some money. Uh, not, not a talent, but 100 denarii. They don't even compare. Um, but watch what happens. He said, Leroy, Leroy, my boy, my boy, where you been, where you been? I've been looking for you, Leroy. You remember that 100 denarii? You owe me? Pay me what you owe me. Leroy says, I, I don't have it. You know I'm good for it. But I don't have it right now. If you just give me some, give me some time, I'll pay you what I owe. Uh, uh, Bible says he jumped on Leroy. Uh, he's choking Leroy. Give me my money. And Leroy begins to holler, be patient with me. I'm going to pay you back. Just give me some more time. That sound familiar? <laughs> that man said, no, you won't. Lock him up. How absurd. What hypocrisy. Y'all still think I'm talking about a parable spoken over 2,000 years ago. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to somebody here, right here, and right now. So, so somebody here today, your, your problem is that you've been forgiven, but you can't forgive somebody else. And God's word for you is, that I can require unlimited forgiveness from you because you have an infinite amount of forgiveness from me. If, if you've been forgiven, then you know how to forgive somebody else. Um, 
But the reason why you won't forgive is because you really hadn't been forgiven yourself. How can you say such a thing, Pastor? It's right there in the text. I ain't picking it up. The person, the Bible says that the person who was forgiven ends up, if you go to the end of the story, ends up in the torturous chamber because he would not forgive. And the reason why he would not forgive is because it never hit him in his heart that he had been forgiven. Because when you know that when you've been forgiven, whenever you calculate what cannot be calculated, when you, when you consider all of the things that you've done, don't look to your left or to your right, I'm talking to you. When you consider all the stuff that you forgot about that you've done, all of those times where you did it again after you promised that you wouldn't. When you consider all of that, how God has forgiven you of all of that, then you start to look at other folks and say to them, I forgive you. Because what you've done to me I've done all of that and more to him. Now, now I, I can hear some of y'all. I can hear some of y'all right now. Well, Pastor, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know my story. You don't know how painful it was. If you, if you knew what they did to me, you wouldn't be standing there preaching like you preaching to me. You ain't been through what I've been through. You're right. Maybe I have. But look past me. And and look at the cross. And 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 come with that same energy. And ask, ask God how he felt when humanity drove nails through his only son's hands. Ask him how he felt when they riveted his only son's feet, when they put a crown of thorns on his head. Does he understand? Yes. He understands. Jesus knows. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed. He knows what it feels like to have his beard pulled out by the root and to be spat on and to be cussed at and, and to be laughed at and still able to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
If God can forgive us, surely we can forgive somebody else. I wanted, I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to shout. Holy Spirit said, just leave it there. That's enough. Everybody on their feet. There's somebody here. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You are here by divine appointment. And God is saying to you, I don't know who you are, but he knows and you know that's struggling with unforgiveness. Jesus says, give it to me. You, you can't handle it. Give it to me. You're trying to get them right, but give it to, to me. Jesus says this morning, unburden yourself. Don't go another further into 2023 with that chip on your shoulder. Because God says it's like it's like you throwing a lump of coal of hot coal in somebody's arms and expecting you not to get burned. Forgiveness ain't just for you. Let me turn that around. Forgiveness is not just for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. While you up, man, kicking the dog, cussing at the cat, losing sleep at night, that other person's sleeping soundly. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke. That, that yoke of unforgiveness is too heavy of a burden for you. I, did, I didn't create you to go through life with these chips on your shoulder. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek, I'm lowly in heart. And you'll find rest. 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 Stop fighting and rest. Stop holding on to it. Rest. Let it go. Rest. He says, in me, you'll find rest unto yourself. Cast your cares on him. Let him care for you. Amen. 
Now, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart this morning, and you need to unburden yourself, if you're ready to let it go, I've already taken half the work out of it. You're already standing up. Come to the altar. Let it go. Unburden yourself. You don't have to hold on to this any longer. Forgive that you may be forgiven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. How can we say we love God whom we've never seen and hate our brother, hate our sister who we see every day? God says you can be free. You came in bound, but you can leave free. 